Welcome to our podcast. We are beloved daughters of Christ, and this is At The Well. Welcome back, everyone, to our second episode of At The Well. Before we begin, we would like to start off with a really huge thank you from the bottom of our hearts to the overwhelming response of love and support that we received. The three of us are just so filled with so much gratitude from all of the words of encouragement and we're so grateful. Thank you so much. And I'd also like to say if this is your first time listening, This is only our second episode, so please go back and listen to the first one if you're interested, and that way you can start from the beginning with us. So this week's topic is going to be on female friendships and sisterhood. More specifically, our female friendship and the roles they have played in our lives and how they continue to play in our lives and how we live them out. So as per usual, we're going to start off with prayer, and this week Erica is going to lead us. Okay, so let's all start in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for the gift of community, and thank you for the gift of sisterhood and friendship. Thank you most of all for the gift of fellowship that gives us companions on the journey who we can walk with, who we can look to, and encourage, and build up, and be built up by. And we ask that uh, in today's podcast, as always, you let us always speak the words that you know our listeners need to hear in their hearts and help heal wounds and change attitudes towards the beauty and the joy that uh, sustaining female friendships and sisterhood can bring. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so sisterhood, female friendships, and, uh, and, and like we mentioned, it's, it's a good place to start because in so many ways, our female friendship with each other and how life-giving that has been is what encouraged us to start this podcast. <laughs> yes! and, and I, think, I think just all the joy, <laughs> the joy and the laughter we evidently and crazy bring. times. <laughs> yeah, crazy times, encouraging times. Uh, that's what kind of led us to, to want to talk about our own experience with female friendships, with having sisters in Christ. I'm going to lead us uh, into the the discussion with maybe a scripture that can help frame our view of female friendships. So Rachel's going to read that for us. From Colossians 3, verse 12 to 17. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness and patience forbearing one another and if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the lord has forgiven you so you must also forgive and over all these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in the one body and be thankful Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. 
And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Thank you, Rach. So hopefully that gets, uh, that gets us thinking about a lot of thoughts on friendship. There are a lot of themes there mentioned about forgiving and doing things in the name of Christ. So I guess I'll get the ball rolling on on my thoughts about this topic. So for a lot of my childhood and, and growing up in elementary school and high school, I think I quickly came to find that in the world of friendships, I really liked when my family or my friends would call me a tomboy. Uh, that, was, that was a good phrase for me. And I guess I'll explain why. It was good because I, I had grown up and after a few encounters with female friendships going badly, this could be for various reasons. It could be competitiveness. Uh, it could just be thinking that someone's comparing ourselves to another. It could be maybe accusing each other of ulterior motives, being interested in the same person, boyfriend stealing, jealousy, the whole bit. I think um, when I had seen examples of that being hurtful, I just came to kind of take refuge in the fact that maybe male friendships were the only kind that were good because they inherently seem less dramatic. So going through some of these friendships with females that had ended badly, and this could be from me, like I inflicted a sense of pain or woundedness from which we couldn't recover, or maybe I felt like they had just done something that we couldn't recover from, and there was a line in the sand. My response to, to things going badly was just kind of to reject female friendships. Maybe I had made my peace. It wasn't a bitter experience, but I think I made my peace for a bit that they weren't for me. And if I had friendships that I could really rely on that were better, they were going to come from males. So that was interesting because I think that was the state I was in for a while, even, even entering university. Maybe I was just accustomed to mistrusting a female friendship or wanting to keep it at a bit of a distance because I never wanted to get too close in case those insidious factors began to set in and some kind of cattiness or drama would come up. So that went on. And then I think what's been really healing for me, in addition to these two lovely ladies on, on the podcast, Woo! whether it was people, <laughs> it sounds like you too, whether this was people I worked with in ministry or the friendships that I really came to to see that grew out of my university experience and my master's, I think God really allowed me to heal my view of female friendships. And instead, through seeing really exemplary women who I thought were in my life to really build me up, to really support me, I came to see that these could be instrumental. And in fact, they were very necessary for my life. So two quick scriptures that come to mind are one is from Proverbs. It says, iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens the wits of another. And Ecclesiastes says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift the other up. But woe to one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help. I think with both those, they're beautiful in reminding me that through the really healing female friendships that God has brought into my life, I've come to really take refuge in befriending other women of God who I can go to now with full confidence and know that they're just integral in my life and they're needed to actually fulfill an entirely separate role from anyone else that's different from what my mom can give me or even my sister can give me or my husband can give me. But I've come to a really great place of trust 
that they want what's best for me and that they want to help me grow in my faith and they want me to help them grow in their faith. So that's just been really beautiful to see. And I think it's been nice to focus on the fact that there doesn't have to be a lot of these types of friendships in quantity. They could be four or five really good girlfriends in Christ. And that can be way more meaningful than having, you know, 10 to 12 friends you always have ulterior motives or mistrust with, or or you can't really be yourself with. So that's a little bit about what struck me, the good and the bad (laughs) with this topic. What about you guys? You know, it's funny that you mentioned the whole tomboy thing, because I think for me, when I started to reflect a little bit on my female friendships, starting from, you know, when I was very young to how they are now, and I saw this real lack of strong female friendships or relationships in my life when I was very young. So not necessarily through any fault of anyone in particular. I think it was just in my formative years, I actually spent a lot of time with my dad because my mom wasn't home during the day she was at work. And with my dad and my brother being around all day, kind of was raised by men. (laughs) And so I did, you know, boy stuff because I didn't know any better. And then later on, I realized that I had a couple of really strong female role models in family members, but they were family. And so, and they were usually much older than I. So it wasn't a friend as a peer. And that was difficult for me. I didn't know how to befriend girls that were my own age. And then I I went to school and unfortunately I had like this really bad experience with a mean girl in school. <laughs> Rude. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple times actually. And I, I didn't realize actually how often it happened to me until I started thinking about this. And then I was like, okay, like, um, so I had these bad, really negative experiences where girls were kind of bullying, you know, and it was jealousy for whatever reason. And then as we grew up, I just thought, you know what, it's so much easier to get along with the boys, I could just play (laughs) sports, and I could just be myself. And you know, they don't care. And I kind of just hung out with the boys. Now I should mention here that I have really two good girlfriends that I've known since childhood. But when we were younger, they were very similar to me in that they were also tomboys. And they also hung out with the guys. And By the time we got to high school, both of them had moved away, and one to California and one to uh, further east from where I was, and it was a lot more difficult back then, so I'm going to age myself a little bit to keep in touch because we didn't have cell phones to text one another. So I had to go through those teenage years uh, without my best friends, and so that was a little bit difficult. But... As I grew older, I realized that there were clear differences between the boys and myself. And the boys started to treat me a little differently, growing and maturing physically, emotionally, mentally. There was a disconnect because boys are different. And so I guess I didn't think of it then, but it started to develop this void where I was longing for female friendships, but really didn't know how to have them. There was nothing for me to kind of refer to. And so it was a little bit difficult. And I think that, you know, woundedness, when we talk about woundedness in relationships, definitely created some gaps for me in terms of my relationships with others later on and especially with romantic relationships even as you know I didn't have the support of my sisters going into relationships there was no real guidance in that from other females and I think that what I kind of reflected on was really about what it is 
to be in friendship. And what made me think about this was that I noticed a clear difference between my friendships prior to reverting back to the faith mm-hmm. and then my friendships after I reverted back to the faith. And so prior to not really understanding where your identity lies and kind of looking at your identity as an external thing, kind of reaching out as to, you know, your identity maybe is in your career or in your education and academics or in your ability to perform in terms of sports or music or whatever your talents are. And that's who you were. A lot of the times those relationships that you have with people when your identity is still not rooted in Christ, it's kind of, it then may become a competitive relationship or Mm -hmm. something where you're struggling to identify who you are because you're always looking at the other, trying to compare, and it becomes more of a comparative relationship than it does an authentic one. And so coming back to the faith and reverting back to the faith, it was a time of solitude of trying to figure out my identity and how it's rooted in Christ. And when I finally got that through my encounter with Jesus and really understanding who I was as a daughter of Christ, only then did I find that I was able to truly have authentic relationships with people. And then through those authentic relationships, Mm -hmm. being Christ-centered, I was able to find the friendships that would help me grow, the ones that would help me pursue a path of holiness. And Right. And Rach, as, as you were talking, sorry, yeah, it just reminded me, okay. um, you know, like you mentioned, I definitely think we would all agree there are lots of friendships that have a really good place in our lives and they could be based not in faith. And I think it's so right to say those have their place. They can be so nourishing, but it seems like you're hinting at maybe what I found too, which was that when we have Catholic or holy rooted friendships, that they're different. Inherently, there's kind of something different because you're, if your common goal is God, it does something else, right? Do you feel like that? Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I have wonderful friends outside of the faith, but I've met them either through school or through work or through sports even. And we had a common goal. And the common goal would be to win a game or something like that. And we would work together as a team. And there's still beautiful ways of learning community and relationships through those friendships. But what I still found was that in those friendships, there could still be comparison and jealousy. At any point in time, if it's not rooted in Christ, those things could or could not turn ugly. And so the temptation to go the wrong way is a lot quicker. And you know, you see that even in scripture, you see this when you have relationships between women that are not based on Christ, and it might be based on a man, or it could be based on some other purpose. So we have examples like Rachel and Leah in Genesis. Mm -hmm. Too often we allow like other things to center our lives as opposed to Christ. And when that happens, it's, it's a relationship that is so easily unraveled due to sin, you know, where mm-hmm. there becomes this competition uh, because of something that's, you know, their life is centered on, in this case, Jacob versus God, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's tragic. It's, you just kind of see, because um, I was just reading recently, <laughs> recently through the mm-hmm. Rachel and Leah stories, and it's kind of like insult to injury where, you know, Leah has children and then Rachel offers her handmaid and Leah wants to offer her handmaid too. It never ends, you know, the quest for um, who can be better, whether that means better in childbearing or better as the mm-hmm. object of Jacob's affection. So 
you can see how, yeah, that doesn't seem rooted in, in something long-standing or deep. Right. And, you know, and to kind of add a little bit more to that, it's, you know, you see that they become entrenched in their own selfishness, in their own needs and wants and desires, right? When it becomes about something else, when they're struggling. When you're not celebrating in their joy. No, right? and they're not celebrating in that, you know, that female friendship or sisterhood that they could have, you mm-hmm. know? And what's interesting is, is that they're, they're, their struggle actually comes from a genuine place of pain. Like Rachel couldn't bear children and she needed her sister. Mm -hmm. She needed her sister in that moment, but instead of supporting one another, they tore each other down. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's actually so powerful. That was making me think it's, it's way too complicated. I think to have one answer as to what causes animosity between, between females from playground days to adult days to the workplace, you know, but sometimes, yeah, I think a lot of the things that make, make things really hostile in female friendships, it, it could be pain. It could be just seeing ourselves as inferior, um, comparing, really kind of covering up something that we're going through by, by taking it out in a ruthless way. Mm-hmm. And then you have Mary and Elizabeth who encouraged each other. And in the most important moment of Mary's life, she runs straight to Elizabeth and mm-hmm. shares this news mm-hmm. and glorifies God in her Magnificat in that moment. You have that and you have like Ruth and Naomi that like you, you have these great examples of people who have those Christ-centered female friendships. And in those friendships, not only do they grow, not only do they flourish, but God is glorified in all of that. And connecting with other women, this is a huge importance for us as females. And when you think about our lives and when you think about what we're called to do and be, I feel like once we figure out who we are and our own identity, we are then able to now go out into community. And we're now able to be part of this mystical body of Christ and share our lives without it impacting who we are as a child of God, because we're centered on that. And then we're able to go out into mission even from there, because now we could share who we are and who other people are in the eyes of God. And so, and that's where like I found, you know, when we think about Matthew 22, when we think about the two greatest commandments that our Lord gave us to love God, and to love our neighbor. When we don't go out into communion, when we don't go out into community, when we don't reach outward and we retract ourselves inward because we got hurt or we're wounded from you know, another bad experience of a female friendship, when we avoid those, those relationships with other females or who we are, And that actually is in direct disobedience to those two commandments because we're Mm -hmm. not then going out into the world. I want to finish off my thought here with one thing that I know St. Louis-Marie de Montfort, he spoke of holy friendships. And one of the things that he said was that it's a friendship that fosters union with Jesus. And these friendships need an environment in which it can be born, blossom, and bear fruit. And he said the simple test of friendship is this. You ask yourselves, do we love each other in Christ Jesus, for Christ Jesus, and with Christ Jesus? And if you can say yes, then that is a gift of a holy friendship. And so, yeah, I just, and I also want to take this time to thank you, ladies, because I truly continue to grow and learn from both of you. So thank you. Well, that's a beautiful quotation too. That's uh, yeah. It made me made me pick up on um, a little, just a, a little tidbit 
of wisdom when I was researching, you know, definitions of friendship and way before even the time of Christ, one of, one of the cool definitions of friendship attributed to Aristotle seems very similar to your quotation actually is that true friendship is that which is based in something outside of both of them. It has to be a greater force. And in the context of your quotation, I think it can be a beautiful application to say friendship evolves to a new plane when it's rooted in something that's bigger than both the people, which, which is God, because he can sustain it. and He can fill up for what human emotion and perseverance can't do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's great. Really nice mm, that you So mic dropping. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for for me, it's interesting because I had a bit of a different experience in terms of female friendships. I definitely uh, didn't classify myself as a tomboy at a point, even though I I was active in sports and I really enjoy sports and stuff. And I was really close with my grandpa, especially so that had an impact in cool ways. But I, throughout my life, I did have a lot of good friends through different seasons. And I guess when I was praying on this topic, something that really came to mind for me was love. And I was really praying to Mary for her guidance in this and the guidance of her her mantle to help me figure out where the root of this was. And as I said, I, I had a lot of great friendships, but I also grew up at a young age surrounded by a lot of awesome women in the Legion of Mary um, and at church in our community. And my grandma was the president of the Legion of Mary and she prayed um rosary at my school every Friday and so I'd bring all my friends which were all girls at the time every Friday and we'd do that and yeah there were a lot of motherly women on the outside and sisterly love that I had so it was a bit different in the sense that I also realized without fully realizing it how much I needed the female friendships and their hearts to heal other deep-set wounds in me and that doesn't mean that they were perfect but I think through time, my experiences with men (laughs) were a lot worse and I had many trust issues and I really confided in those female hearts to get me through it. And they really put the pieces back together in me. And at the time, I didn't realize that it was God's love working through those women to give me that kind of like a healing bomb for scratches and wounds of my heart and exactly the ways that I needed them. And he still does, for sure. (laughs) He still does, like, all Mm -hmm. the time. And what I found upon reflection and prayer is that this, this area of love, this rootedness of love, for most of my life is that I didn't view myself as a lovable person. I really convinced myself that I was actually God's only mistake. And I wouldn't necessarily share that widely with people at all, but That's what the reality was and why I lived how I did for so long, which, you know, I'm not saying I was like this horrible person, but I lived quite differently at a point. And and it was because I, I didn't know how loved I was and through God and as a person. And so I partook in a lot of like stupid things, you know, you look back on and sometimes like it's shocking to think back about it. But Once I did come to that reversion of heart, as Rachel was talking about, and of my faith, my life changed a lot. And I no longer sought the approval of others or relied heavily on others, whether I wanted to admit that or not, that I cared so much about what others thought. It changed for me. 
I could truly view myself as lovable and no longer worthless in God's eyes. And it was definitely a process. But through time, I also found very deep friendships that were so healing towards me on the same path and goal of getting to heaven, right? And focused on Christ. And as Christopher West says, they, they're just so unrepeatable. We're all unrepeatable, but these friendships that God placed are just really and truly priceless to me. And one of my friends in particular who really has such a deep place on my heart because she's such an amazing witness, especially in the vocation of marriage, who I've been blessed to journey with. And I can truly, like, I can just truly rely on her to call me out on things in a loving way when I need to be called out on. And so she's so trustworthy because she's able to like see me for me being loved as a child of God as how I am and acknowledge that that's not perfect and no one's perfect. So she can call me out on things that I may be thinking in a wrong way or doing a wrong way, but she can also really support me in a way that I can't support myself. And her feminine genius is just amazing. Just that goal of trying to make each other saints and that Christ friendship, it's immensely impacted my life in such a positive way. I guess so overall, I think that female friendships are incredibly important. And Rachel, I totally agree and ditto that. I'm so grateful for you too and how you impact my heart on a regular basis in ways that you don't know. And maybe one day I'll write it out and share with you because it's also not that easy for me to do. But I think as we're talking about examples in scripture, there's so many beautiful examples of women friendships that teach you how to go about life through ups and downs, through your weaknesses and strengths, through tragedy and joy and confusion and exciting or mundane times and unexpected friendships or common ones. Uh, but they all serve in that way to point one another to God in our journey to glorify him. And we heal one another's brokenness through the love of God. And I just see that time and time again, and with Naomi and Ruth, Martha and Mary being present with Jesus or calling each other out or showing their weaknesses and strengths in different ways. And the woman at the cross, uh, my question and reflection is like, are we lifting one another up? How are we lifting one another up? in God's love and how can we find ourselves and our friendships and all of these women in the Bible through these various times in life, through their witness and example, the good and the bad. So if we come back to the woman at the well, she came alone with without these female friendships because she was ostracized for her decisions in life. So how are we accepting all of our brokenness but trying to get each other on this same path? of journeying together towards Christ. And I really feel that love and support through you too. Um, and I'm so grateful. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like common elements that we all talked about, and maybe it's very hard to come up with an all encompassing list here, but it seems like some common elements of a, of a healthy female friendship that's rooted in Christ uh, could be, you know, that we pray for each other, encourage each other, and we can be vulnerable. We can forgive and we allow ourselves to be known and loved for who we are. Those just sound beautiful to hear some of your examples of what you've come to realize, you know, about the absence or the existence of some of those traits. Yeah, and especially just like starting with that scripture in the Colossians, all those examples of kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, and bearing with one another and forgiving and forgiveness and what that means. To be known and to be loved. I think, Erica, you mentioned it earlier, and Alex, from your testimony, and just kind of 
being able to just heal in those relationships and being able to just be and to be with one another through the joys and the sorrows. And that's what we gain from those true holy friendships of being able to just experience this pilgrimage on earth together and share that with one another. And it's so amazing how we lift one another up just by opening ourselves up and by being vulnerable and just caring for one another genuinely. And also, you know, one of the most important things that I think too in true friendship is being able to correct each other in a loving mm-hmm. way. I think one of the things that set Catholic friendships apart or Christian friendships apart is, is when you are able to talk to one another and from a loving way, be able to correct the other person and the other person being able to accept that correction because the correction doesn't come from each other the correction Mm -hmm. comes from our beliefs and faith because anything that's just will be found in our faith and so Mm -hmm. we know that when we are correcting one another it's coming from this place of objective truth and not from my wounds or yours and And love it's it's, it's (laughs) like wanting willing the true good for the other so what does that mean yeah, it's right. exactly. It's just really that that speaking the truth in love is mm-hmm. really what it is. We could probably go on and on and on about this, yeah. but you know, maybe we could in future episodes have little uh, <laughs> subtopics of what we discussed today. <laughs> it seems like we have much more to say. Any last thoughts on that? I'm so um, grateful. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm so grateful too. And it seems like even if it was later in life or earlier in life, whenever God gave us a really positive example of, of a healthy female friendship. That's what, what healed the wounds of past friendships. And that's what motivated us to think that we can keep seeking other friendships in trust because we know that these friendships really do exist. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that that's really great when you see a positive example and you can be motivated to seek more after you confirm that something like that is true and it's real, it's tangible. All right, so let us reflect on our God incidents of the week, y'all. Related to the topic, I had definitely a God incident through the woman I mentioned (laughs) that is so deeply special to my heart. And there was just something that could not be healed except for through her feminine heart. Once I talked to her, I just, the Lord was just so present (laughs) in, in our conversation and she just helped me out so much and yeah it was definitely the lord's love working in a way exactly as i needed it as i said Mm -hmm. he just does it all the time for me like every day whether i'm willing to acknowledge that or accept it or not but definitely my god incident was just a conversation with her where she really helped my heart heal with a wound at that time so yeah that was mine for the week nice um okay maybe i'll go next then i think in an interesting way, whether it was books I found myself reading or like spiritual YouTube videos, this week seemed to be themed on the rosary and me being encouraged to read the scriptural roots and the origin of the prayer. So just uh, I found myself being fascinated by little tidbits like the origin of the rosary, you know, in the initial joyful, sorrowful, and glorious mysteries, there's the 150 Hail Marys that would be said and then that on purpose was meant to reflect the 150 Psalms for maybe those who couldn't read through the Psalms so 
It was really interesting how I feel like by going to the origin of the rosary, God was inviting me to re-examine my own struggles to pray it, maybe encourage me to pray it more and to find a deeper consolation in, in meditating on what it's really about. Beautiful. I had um, a Mary and God incident as well, I guess you could say. Mm. Um, and for this week, it was part of the Legion of Mary. I know Alex mentioned it earlier. Your Rachel's so humble, part of the Legion of Mary. Okay, leader. <laughs> She's high up there. She's so <laughs> humble. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, as part of the Legion of Mary. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You know, we obviously love going out and, and doing the work that we do in the community. And under this quarantine, it's been a little bit different for us. And trying to find apostolic work that we could do from home um, without that personal touch that we're normally used to. One of the things that we undertook or started to undertake is a 33-day consecration uh, retreat that we're leading with for one of the parishes. And so we had invited everyone out to whoever was interested and they all came and the first session was on Saturday. And during this session, as we had everyone introduce themselves and why they joined this consecration, it was just such a beautiful testimony to what Mother Mary has done for them in their lives. It was just such a, a grace to be able to hear and be encouraged in the work that we do, but also encouraged in our faith and encouraged in a devotion to undertake a devotion or a deeper devotion to Mother Mary. I am hopeful that it'll bring lots of fruit to one of our churches and and to the parishioners in it and hopefully encourage them to get actively participating in the parish life as well afterward wow. that was my god incident of the week that's awesome <laughs> really nice marion for the month of may yeah <laughs> right just as we wrap yeah. up yeah <laughs> the month of may. all right so uh, why don't we end with a little prayer then as per usual we will and with praying to the perfect example of motherhood and womanhood, pray that Mary will wrap us in her mantle of love and protection. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, everyone. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Until the next episode. <laughs> yes. God bless.